Welcome back to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. This is uh, me and Georgia. Now we've got Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger joining us once again from the Talking Tigs studios in Baton Rouge. Guys, I, I got to say, I, I miss it already, uh, but happy to be back on the pod with you guys. Um, my goodness, I, we thought it was going to be a slow week, but it was actually kind of busy. There was, I don't know, there's a lot going on in Baton Rouge uh, this, this uh, I'd say the last two weeks. Um I don't know how, how you almost be living there. I, I think it's great. I'd, I'd have been busy out of my mind for the last two weeks. But um, checking with you guys first before we jump into, uh, I don't know, I'd say a lot of stuff. We got the NFL draft. LSU baseball had a good weekend, had some basketball news. You know, before we get into all that, uh, how, how you guys doing? Doing good. Glad to be back here with you. Wish wish you were in town again. Would be loving, loving to do this podcast uh, in person. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff going on the NFL draft kind of snuck up on me. Like I didn't even know it was, I mean, I, I knew it was happening, but when on like Tuesday, when people were like, Oh, are you ready for the draft? I was like, Oh wow. That you're right. That's coming up. So draft was exciting. Um, like you said, you know, a lot of stuff going on in Baton Rouge, uh, baseball, the Garth Brooks came to town. So a lot of fun stuff this weekend and, uh, ready to get, get into it with you. Yeah. We had fun with you here, Scott, uh, last week. And then, yeah, we're remote now, but still carrying it on. And like you mentioned, Tommy, I think the, the draft is kind of under the radar because, I mean, we had Derek Stingley as a big-time prospect, but it wasn't a premier draft class for LSU it wasn't. for the most part. And there wasn't really like a premier player. It's like this guy is the, the new savior it wasn't like a football. I mean, let's be honest. There was no quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's that's what drives the draft coverage, right? There's no There was no big-name quarterback. Last year, you had Trevor Lawrence. The year before, you had uh, Joe Burrow, obviously. Um, so I think that I think you're right. Uh, but you know, what's crazy is like, I, I remember going into this, uh, I, I was talking to one of my friends um, who works for LSU and, uh, and we were, and he, and he was like, wait, who's, who's even getting drafted? Like, who are we, who are we, who's our, our draft picks or whatever. We ended up having 10 people get, get drafted or picked up by NFL teams. So, I mean, that's kind of a, I feel like that's kind of a, a big thing and not something that you would expect for, um, a team that went what five and six yeah or five and seven something like that or six and seven okay yeah six and seven yeah no that was uh, yeah that was the surprise was uh that we had 10 players drafting as horrible as we did but it makes you wonder like all right well like what were these coaches doing with all this talent uh i don't know if it was necessarily on the all the players but we like we behind georgia who had 15, we had the second most players drafted in what was going to be like a supremely down year. The surprise was, I guess, Stingley going third, right? Yeah. To the, uh, to the Texans. I don't, I, I didn't expect him to go that high, honestly, but good for him. That actually makes it the, um, I think the fifth time the Tigers have had a cornerback drafted in the top six since 07. And if you didn't know, all other schools combined had that many. Like, so, so, can I don't we, know. so can we just go ahead and like cement like it's it's dbu dbu like, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's what i'm saying might as well um and speaking of dbu uh tyran matthew signed with the saints which is i think great news for for both you know fans both, both fan bases yeah uh, she'd love to have him play plus he's you know coming home to new orleans that's where he's from he gets to play with the saints they needed help in the secondary and it's kind of weird how it went down. You know, they were flirting with it for weeks and the draft came. They didn't draft anybody. Well, maybe they didn't find anybody they wanted to draft, but then they ended up signing him anyway. And 
I mean, it wasn't really like a bargain bin thing. He got three years for $33 million, So, I mean, that's good for, for everybody, I think. But um, Do the Saints yeah, also still have Malcolm Jenkins? Or so, uh, Jenkins retired. He retired, so he's going to take that spot. Yeah, and Marcus Williams, their, their other safety left in free agency, so they needed to fill that spot. Gotcha. They they pulled somebody else too from uh you know for a safety position I forget who it was uh but I don't know um I'd say maybe in the next few years LSU's gonna have some some other good uh, secondary draft picks in in the in the draft but um to get back to it uh like we said Stingley was the only first one I think the next round was like a um I think we had ten but most of them were in the second third fifth sixth you know uh, all those rounds. And I, I don't know. I, the, I guess there was always a, there's a first time for everything. Also LSU finally drafted or someone finally drafted an LSU kicker. <laughs> Cade York. So we're making all kind of news uh, this go around, but, um, and if you're keeping count at home with Cade York being drafted, that is now 20 of 22 players in the 2019 championship team that that have been drafted which is just remarkable wow, wow. yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh it's kind of crazy when you think about it um but uh did you you know because there's there's that type of success and then you look at somebody like texas who didn't have anybody drafted yeah um, i mean they had a couple players who were drafted like that played at Texas that were drafted. They just, or well, one guy who was a running back, he went to USC. So USC gets that claim, but it's just crazy that, you know, the supposedly the biggest program in Texas or the big 12 didn't even have anybody drafted kind of explains their woes over the last few years, but it marks the second time in the last decade that's happened. So it's more than just like a, you know, a fluke year. It's just, there's some, uh, there's some sorely missed talent at Texas and uh, they are not back. Pud will welcome him, welcome them into the SEC. I guess, uh, welcome, welcome to the league. Good luck. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys have any? I don't know. There, like, like you said, Tommy, there wasn't really any high-profile quarterback picks. There wasn't any. Like, I, I, I know who was the first pick. I forget his name already, though, because he was to me. He wasn't like the biggest Trayvon, name. Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just it just seemed like a kind of a whole hum draft overall. Uh, I mean, I'd just love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But I mean, the Tigers had a good draft. But um, other than that, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we're going to remember after this draft. You know. I guess. Um, yeah, a few of the impressions for me, or as far as LSU, yeah, Stingley must have really been able to convince at least the Texans who they picked um, that he was healthy and ready to go. And hopefully, it turns more into a Patrick Peterson than a Morris Claiborne type pick in the in the top of the draft um Claiborne has struggled a lot with injuries uh, in the Dallas Cowboys organization and that kind of derailed his career meanwhile Patrick Peterson was all pro like six years in a row still is yeah. yeah um so I guess best of luck to him uh, a lot of the, the pundits were kind of criticizing some of the picks of LSU players like Ed Ingram with the Vikings and then uh Ty Davis Price like in the third round saying that those are all kind of reaches which I agree with a little bit like none of these guys were making huge waves in college. I mean, they're solid like role players. Um, but I guess if they see some talent that they can identify, then uh, who knows what NFL GMs will go for. Uh, the Saints got a good pick, I think, in Chris Olave, wide receiver yeah. um, from Ohio State. Uh, their other 
first round pick that O lineman from Northern Iowa, I thought was kind of weird. Uh, it's like a standard Saints pick. Uh, they, they pick the most like <laughs> random people you've never heard of. Um, do you think, quick, Scott, Daniel, too, do you think the Saints should have taken Jameson Williams instead of Alave? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a toss up for me. The Saints have proven that they love players from Ohio state. So right. I, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't really surprised with it, but um, I, I thought it was interesting that Williams was drafted much later though. Right. No, he was the very next pick. Cause it was, still, oh, well, I, mean, I think it was next, like the, not one, oh, one right, and then the right. next one. I'm, it was, it was three straight. Cause they had Garrett Wilson or um, yeah. Garrett Wilson from Ohio state, then Olave, and then Jamison Williams, like former Ohio state. So it was uh, three okay. like Ohio yeah. state. Obviously no. it was back to back to back. Yeah, no, I'm um, sorry. I'm thinking of Mechie. Mechie went much later. Oh, yeah, Mechie did go late. Which but, is kind of, you're right. I was a little bit surprised by that, too, because I thought he was, I mean, I think James Williams was obviously the be- the better receiver for Alabama last year, but Mechie's real good. Mechie yeah. reminds me of a Jarvis Landry. He's a, he's like a hard-nosed football player who just happens to play wide receiver. Yeah, I think right. I kind of like the Olave pick over Jameson Williams because I think Williams has a higher ceiling and he showed that like with his explosiveness at Alabama. But I mean, it's hard to ignore a torn ACL just three months ago, which may not even be ready for the start of the season. Yeah, I think they confirmed it won't. Mm-hmm. So I guess and then right. Olave had three solid seasons at Ohio State, um, productive all the time. So uh, it's I, actually, actually he's a taller receiver, right? Oh. Uh, I think so. See, six one one ninety. So I guess kind of average build. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I know Damone Clark kind of fell for LSU yeah. because he was like in the middle of the season, projected like third, maybe in playing his wage, like second or late first round pick. Uh, kind of all SEC linebacker. But then there was the rumors about having the torn pectoral, uh, and then he fell all the way to the fifth round. So hopefully he can battle back in camp and make that roster. I was a bit yeah. disappointed uh, about he, that. That was a steal. That was a steal. I mean, he was a Butkus finalist you know i, you I know who the other that. steal was nicobe dean how did he yeah. fall so far yeah he's a former like top five high school prospect for georgia and then he was what like fifth, the leader of their defense yeah yeah I, I will say this though about um ty davis price uh, yeah i mean it's you could say he maybe deserved to be much later but then again like he rushed for over a thousand yards in the sec on a team that you know, was barely able to get to 500. So I don't know. I, I think sometimes they can look at that and go, well, if he can still get a thousand yards with that horrible line on a team that could, couldn't even get, well, they were 500 before the bowl game, but I don't know. I, I, I think for a third round pick, it's fine. Cause it's I think like he'll be a very good, round. I think he'll probably make a very good career for himself as like a second, like a second back. Sure. Sure. Um, I hope he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, Al- Alfred blue did that for a little bit. You know, yeah, with, with the Texans. Texans. Or um, yeah. uh, who's the, the uh, Daryl Williams? Yeah, he was like a backup at LSU, and then now he was like a, a role player in the NFL for a championship team. So yeah. you, you never yeah. really know. Mm-mm, you don't. Um, but uh, do you guys have any other uh, – I don't know. Is any – like, again, like you said, the Saints, after, after the first round, I was like, I, I didn't even really – I, I couldn't even tell you who they drafted. Same with anybody. I don't know. It's kind of like a, a Joe Schmo draft for me. I'm sure, you know, happy to all the players, but um, I, I don't know. I saw something today I was going to ask you guys about, but um, I just wanted to check to see if you had any other thoughts about the draft. Cause 
Uh, the only other thing was I was kind of hoping the Saints were going to take a quarterback like in the second round after like Malik, Malik Willis had fallen uh, and then some other guys. Was available. Pickett was was Pickett available? No, the Saints? Pickett went first round to the uh, the Steelers. He went first round. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then because there was one quarterback first round, none in the second. Yeah. I think like Pickett or um, Malik Willis and then somebody else in the third round. I forget who. But so I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't have that. But I guess that means we're riding with uh Jameis winston again next year with the new college graduate Jameis winston yeah you see that yeah he yeah. He, uh, he got his degree from fsu good for him yeah um i, I didn't even know he was still pursuing it you know you, you hear about it a lot of times guys going back and get their degree but you know they're they're more or less out of the league at that point they're trying to fall back get that uh get that insurance salesman job but um yeah, congrats to him. I I don't know. It's everything you've seen from him. It's it's been positive, both just with his uh, recovery, but also just you know, like he's committed. He even though he was up on the trading blocks at one point, it seemed he you know he didn't take any uh, you know personal grievance toward. He's he seems fine. And plus, the Saints got him some wide receiver support, which they needed. Got him uh, like he's going to have a great defense helping the team that he's playing against keep, you know, keep the score low. Cause you know, the, the Saints adding Matthew and who they had already, I don't know. I think they're going to be, they're going to be uh, kind of formidable. I don't, you know, I don't know what the Falcons are going to do. The Panthers are probably not good. It's going to be us or the Bucks, I think for the, for the, the division. Um, but I don't know. What about the guys? Like what is like, there was uh there's some wide receiver out of Clemson that everyone thought was going to go at first in the first, maybe then the second or third. Cause I think he had an injury, but he didn't even get drafted at all. And oh yeah. Yeah. Just Justin Ross. Cause oh, he yeah. was a star wide receiver at Clemson, but then he had a spinal injury. Yeah, so, They're so saying weird. he like, he might never walk again, but then he like started doing that. Like he might never play football again. And he played. And then he, he played again. I guess they took a flyer on him. Cause it's kind of unsure whether he's going to be fit to play, but yeah, that's yeah. sad. Cause he would have been probably top 10 pick if healthy. When he was a fresh, he was a freshman phenom with Trevor Lawrence that first year. They they were both freshmen and they won the national championship. Yeah, because he was torching Alabama in the oh, national was, championship. Yeah, it was insane and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's sad. You know, I love watching it for it. Yeah. So, what do you think about you know? Because college has been making a bunch of changes with the rules lately. Obviously, with the NIL, that's probably the biggest thing they could have done. But there's still something else out there that it's not you know it's not like a level playing field across the sports of the NCAA. So what do you think about guys declaring not getting drafted and they come getting, back? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, in the in football, you once you declare, that's it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Do you think there'll be a, a major push for that rule to change, or do you think like there's some real other beneficial reason to where they would keep it that way? Because as it stands right now, I'm like, well, that's the rule. Stick by it. But I understand if they want to change it uh because it just doesn't make sense if they allow other sports to do it you know i feel like there should be some sort of standard some sort of uh you know consistency but um i don't know what what do you guys think about that so you, do you think this is something they really should take a look at and change or is it like well you know you had the the option to stay you, you chose not to even though you probably didn't get a good draft grade so uh you know you, that's that was your choice sorry don't they do that thing now where you can get a grade and not yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I remember, the, I don't know what the is now, but it, it used to be limited. Like you could only do 10 or you could only, they, they gave you like a certain number of times or uh, players where they could ask for a, a pre-draft grade, which was, I thought was weird. They've had that in, in basketball for a while yeah. where a player could like 
declare for the draft and then they they get a grade from the scouts and if they don't right. like it then they can like go back to college or decide to return but i don't think you can do it post draft i guess you could say right yeah yeah so should they change it i mean i think that i think that uh to be honest i think what what might spur that is if the usfl actually does kind of or alter if an alternative league actually does come up and be successful like you know to where next year, like if they have a draft, because yeah. I, I feel like right now the, the NFL has, the NFL doesn't really have incentive to, to want people to go back to college. Right. I don't like they would. Well, I get, what is well, the, I guess, what is the thinking behind that rule that they can't go back to college? Because at that point they know if you sign with an agent, like if you, cause you know, once you, can declare like some people do it at the end of the season. Oh, you're no longer an amateur. Right. Like, yeah. you, like an agent can give you money to sign with them, I think. So I think at that point they think, well, you're now you're a professional, you're getting money. And that used to be the issue, right? Cause they, it's like once you, or you can start taking a deal once you declare. What if um, you, like, what if you, um, I mean, there are different players who've represented themselves. Sure. Doesn't mean you're going to get the best deal. Like no, no, I know that, but I'm saying like, I wonder if, okay, if like, if I said I'm going to enter the draft, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and see if I get drafted, but I'm not going to hire an agent. I'm not going to take any endorsement deals, which the endorsement deals don't even matter anymore because it's NIL. Can I, can, could I argue like, Hey, I'm still an amateur. I don't have an agent. I've never been, I've never been paid a dollar to be a professional. Right. That's the thing is with the whole NIL change. It's kind of cha- it does change it up. Yeah. I, I think it should change it. I think that's why they should change the rules because these guys are not amateurs anymore. They're getting paid just for their name. They're not getting paid to play football per se, but they're getting paid off of the, um, you know, the name image likeness, basically their popularity uh, yeah. because they play football. So it's, it's a weird, I don't know. I think maybe that's why the NCAA finally caved in is like, well, they're not getting paid for football they're just getting paid for who they are as a person but who they are as a person is being made by football (laughs) right right um but you know to be honest to be honest uh you know these players got themselves all the way up until that point for 18 years before they got to college so yeah so you had to have a certain set of skills before they could even give you a scholarship offer like some of the top schools so you know you're just there to hone at that point if you're that good so I don't know. I, I'd say they should change the rule, but until then, I I don't know. It, it sucks, but I think these guys need to listen. If if they get a draft grade of stay in school, they should, because you can make money in school now. You know. Yeah. Everybody wants a dollar. Yeah. Who can blame them? Kind of need them now. <laughs> Costs are going up. True. But anyway, um, I don't know. That's kind of all I had on the draft. Uh, I mean, we could uh, we could slide on into to baseball because because they had a good weekend um looked like it looked like they were gonna end up losing the series to georgia now they won the first one five two mikhail hayard had a really another really good performance uh he went six innings only gave up uh two runs and the bullpen was able to hold it and the, you know the bats the bats were there for lsu um i'd say the second game though yeah, yeah, it's that's that's like a weak spot for us because um, Blake Money didn't last long, and uh, Georgia's bats, you know, they just they couldn't hold back anymore. Uh, they beat us twelve. I mean, we scored, we kind of came back, but they beat us twelve to seven. 
And it was just, I don't think it was, it just wasn't going to be because Georgia was just too strong that game. But the third game, um, LSU was actually down, uh, what was it, three to two going into the ninth. And then they had some some late inning walk-off heroics. Kate Doty hit a, a two-run bomb, and that was the game. And that was awesome. It was, was kind of nice to see the Tigers win like that again because – I don't know. I feel like that's some of the the better games in the you know Alex Box history is those weird games where they're down and they come back. Like those those championship years, they like had a rally possum year. Yeah, exactly. Rally possum is the biggest one that comes to mind. There's been others. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a an article about it there somewhere. But um, I don't know if you saw, but it's kind of cool. Drew Brees gave the uh, the pregame like the pep talk, the speech yeah. right before the the game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much that played into their winning, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It kind of helped. They they came back. They didn't. They didn't give up. They won the game. They won the series. Kind of moved up in the polls, but you know, again, not not really a big. Uh, I don't know. Not really a big uh, judge of of where they are really as in the season. But it's good to get the series win against a team that was ranked higher than them. Um, but you know, I I think. Um, Looking, looking at this series and looking at some of the other series, it's going to come down to, I, I think LSU can definitely win one. It seems like the other team, if they're good enough, they're going to win one. And it's going to be that rubber game where if LSU's collective pitching can hold and the bats can just get enough hits, I don't know. We might be able to, you know, get some series for, for the rest of the season, maybe in the postseason. But um, it's obvious that we only have one, you know, reliable starting pitcher. So, uh, I feel like we're gonna have this the same these same talking points every week until something changes. But I don't know. Uh, I think it was a good win for the Tigers, and uh, I don't know. Walk off fashion is awesome. Yeah, I mean you're right, Scott. I feel like it's the same thing every every week, but it is what it is. Yeah, we we hit a lot of we hit a lot of bombs, but we can't really throw the ball very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, that you know we we got on the better end of that this weekend i'm not sure i don't i I don't think that's sustainable i don't think that's going to take us to omaha but um like you said i mean with with money kind of pitching is you know the way he did that doesn't that's not great for having a starter pitch like that and i think that uh but then again it's like who else do you have we don't have we don't have a guy yeah because like you like you said hilliard is the only real uh full-time starter that we have money was ex- he did a little okay at the beginning of the season. He's kind of faded in SEC play. Um, and then we, we go with the committee with like Dutton and Collins and everybody else on Sundays, which is a weird approach. They, they've won most of their outings, but um, we'll see if that works in the postseason. And then Ty Floyd, the midweek starter, he's had some challenges too. We lost to UNO uh, mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Oh, that was miserable. Um, Floyd, I think he only went one inning there before getting ousted uh, to the privateers. Uh, so kind of an embarrassment there. Did you see me in that game? I, I didn't watch it. I'd seen, I pulled up, I was doing something. I pulled up my phone and we were losing like eight to two. And I was like, <laughs> uh-oh. And I just, I closed it and that was it. That's what, so, so I was, so I was at uh, Superior Grill. You know, it's you know, Superior, Scott. Mm, okay, no. It's like a Mexican restaurant. It's like really good. But anyways, um, they're like famous for their, mar- for their margaritas. But uh, I've had Superior and I had the game on the TV. And LSU's, it's like first inning, LSU's up by like two runs or something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, taking care of business, nice. We're just going to, you know, uh, casually beat New Orleans or UNO. It doesn't really matter. 
And then before I know it, like I finished my meal, I look up and LSU's like, like Daniel said, I'm down by like three or four runs. And I was like, what? And yeah. I was like, I can't do, I can't do this. And I didn't. And then I, I kept checking the score and they were losing more and more. And I said, nope, not, not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lack of starting Ooh, pitching is, is really going to hurt us if we can't uh, get the run production to, to back it up. And if we have the clutch hitting, like, I mean, Doty hitting walk off home runs, that's great, but uh, it's hard to say you can reliably count on that. Also, it's pretty wild. We only have three weeks left in the regular season. Yeah. We got Bama this week, um, and then Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt are the three series left. Vanderbilt and the, or not Vanderbilt, excuse me. Um, Bama and Ole Miss are both having pretty down years, actually. So, I mean, if we can win those two series uh, and then put up a fight against Vanderbilt, then we're in pretty good position. Um, I think overall, like SEC West is not having their best performance. Like we said, Mississippi State is in not the best shape and even Arkansas after doing really well, they, they swept us, but um, they're, they're beatable. So Tennessee is the only really kind of juggernaut at this point. I think they only lost four games all season. Um, so how good is Vanderbilt this year? Vanderbilt, uh, they're unranked, which is surprising. Yeah. yeah not like typical, not typical or six for them. In, the, in the East or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're, they're behind there. There's Tennessee, Georgia, and there's everybody else. Um, everyone after, after Georgia, I, th- or I think had like a, a losing record. I mean, it's just different. You know, this year, uh, Auburn is better than us. They, yeah. they beat us two to one in a series. Uh, it, it, like Daniel said, I think they're just overall, they're all down, but you know, it's like, there's three weeks left. There's time to hit a stride. It's like, you, we keep thinking, all right, well, they, you know, these tigers walked it off and they won the series. Uh, hopefully that gives them some momentum, but then you get tripped up in a midweek game. You know, it's like, I get it. You can't burn your best pitcher in a midweek game, but it's like, there's got to be somebody. It's like the, just the, the sheer athleticism alone that brought them to LSU. That's why those guys are at LSU. That's why those guys are at Uno. There should be a difference, but there's not. And it's not even like we're just giving the game away and eking it. They were, they were just getting crushed. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Jay, Jay Johnson really has an answer for that. Maybe he gets it next year in recruiting, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. I, I'm not as worried about Vanderbilt anymore. Definitely not about Ole Miss. I remember they started off the season at the, I mean, like the top five, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then they just been in a downward spiral ever since. Um, not to take anything for granted with any of these teams, but it's like they could, they could take, the, each of these last three series, I don't know about the midweek games, but like if they just took the series, that's six, six and uh, let's say six and three right there um, with who, what the rest of the league does. Uh, you know, I, we could move back up into second behind Arkansas. It's like just getting that extra day at the tournament, you know, so we don't have to burn through like half of our pitching staff in one game, just going through that extra day in the tournament might uh i don't know might benefit us so it'd be nice to win some of these games so that would be on our side it feels like it feels like the whole sec is just kind of beating up on each other like i you know i guess you can say it's a down year you could say it's a you know maybe there's parity in the league or whatever but you know early in the season i was i I was listening to i listened to a series of um on the radio of uh old miss and auburn and old miss beat the tar out of auburn of course then auburn beat us but now all this is down, you know, bottom of the bottom of the league. So I feel like there's, you know, you're right, Scott, there's definitely like opportunity to where if we get hot or if we continue to play the way we did against Georgia, it was just, you know, like you said, number two team in the East, like 
it could we could we could end up being okay. Yeah, but I just yeah. I really feel like we're gonna get to a point where, um, I mean, imagine if we we're playing Tennessee. Yeah. How, how are they gonna How are they gonna play? How are they gonna deal with uh, our starter by committee? <laughs> yeah, right. just getting getting a top four seed for the SEC tournament would be really great because I don't know if y'all remember last year we were the number nine seed and we lost the first game to Georgia and that was a wrap and we were out of the tournament. Yeah, and we scored one run. Obviously, we played better in the regional and the super regional, um, but there's not much pride in going out in your first game. So if we can, and like you mentioned, Scott, about all the teams beating up with each other. I mean, even just finishing even you're, you're pretty well positioned. So um, hopefully we can take two out of three here in Tuscaloosa and then uh, look to turn the corner, get all the pitchers healthy, um, the lineup set for the late break in the season. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel bad saying this, but I, I don't know that anyone's going to beat Tennessee in the SEC. Uh, I don't know. They're just, they're just playing with a lot of confidence right now. I mean, they've only lost, what, four games all season? And they're just taking series after series. Um, you know, I would say, oh, did you see that they had the, some pitcher set like a record this yeah, past he, week? He threw 105.5. Oh, yeah. It was, he was the, it, it's the fastest, the second fastest ever. Is Aroldis Chapman's fastest? I saw he beat Aroldis Chapman oh, as like the fastest pitch ever. Okay. Um, I watched the video. He threw it for a ball, but I mean, it was well, pretty quick. Uh, he's but, like, I'm just slinging it. I don't care. I mean, either way, yeah, I'd be shaking. It's staying. Okay, if, the, if, if 105 comes at you like that, and it's if you take it as a ball, I can guarantee you're not swinging it at 98 <laughs> coming right down the middle next pitch. Nah, probably not. You know, he take until until he mixes it up, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, in the last few weeks to see who kind of rises, who falls. You know, just uh, about momentum going into the postseason. I don't know. I'm I'm holding out hope, probably naively so, that uh, <laughs> Drew Brees fired these guys up and they got the win against Georgia and this took the series, and we're gonna trend upwards from here on out but we'll see i could tell jay johnson though man he's he's he knows he's got some firepower on offense and you can tell he's just trying to find this some like perfect combination to where it's just gonna be, yeah it's just gonna unload to where it's not gonna have to be these four or three games oh and then we win 17 to 7 against some yeah. lowly team um I've seen Dylan Cruz batting cleanup third. I saw him batting first, I think, in one game this Georgia series. Uh, then he's bounced back down to second and third. So I, you can tell he's tinkering with the lineup, thinking there's got to be something. It's like I have Jacob Berry and Dylan Cruz and all these guys. I, <laughs> how are we struggling to find runs? It's like some of these pitches or some of these pitchers for other teams, I get it, you know, especially they're Friday guys. But after that, it's like LSU – you know, they should be able to get more than like just a handful of hits each game, even if they're not putting up runs, like they should be getting more hits. I feel I've, I imagine that's what he's feeling too. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of Jacob Berry, I saw him take a picture next to Drew Brees. Yeah, it looked exactly the same. I, and now I can't unsee that. That's I know it's really weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta wonder. It's like, I, oh. I had kind of thought that before, like, you know, like just looking at him, like wearing a helmet, like up to bat, like he looks a little bit like your release. Okay. Like, but you never think like, Oh, he's the spitting. I never thought, Oh, he's the spitting image. And then you see him standing next to each other. Yeah. They're exact copies. Yeah. He's like, 
Mm, I wonder if Drew Brees like had some extracurricular activities when he was on the West Coast. That's <laughs> what what because it's about that age, you know, twenty years or so. Anyway, um, I don't know. I think that's you know, baseball. It's, we've said what we need to say. We've said it for probably a few months now. Um, so we're gonna move on to basketball, <laughs> who had uh, um, a couple a couple guys come in. Uh, some guys that have decided to enter the portal. Well, I know Efton Reed is is gone. He's going to go to Gonzaga uh, because they probably need him. Because I think their seven footer entered the like he's he's leaving. Um, uh, like the, the guy who was like the number one player in high school or something. Yeah, Chet Holmgren, the seven foot guy who's like a string bean. Yeah, he's probably yeah. Gonna be the number one pick. Oh, he's going to the draft. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't know if that Timmy guy is going to stay, but. I mean, that's a it's a good landing spot, you know. If if I was coming out of high school and looking at the two, I would have thought that Gonzaga would have been the the better basketball program for me at that point. Anyway, I don't know. I I didn't have Will Wade recruiting me, but he, you know, you'd think that Gonzaga is consistently the better program, which they are. So uh, I mean, good for him. But uh, you know, LSU you know, LSU got some guys on their own. They got a four star Tyrell Ward, and then they got uh, Jalen Reed who. I think was going to go to Florida, right? And then he uh, he committed to the Tigers. Yeah, both players, Jalen Reed, six um, ten power forward from California. He was uh, he had actually signed his letter of intent uh, to Florida, and then ah. he he decommitted. And I guess they released him for that and committed to LSU. Uh, so that's good. And then the other guy, Tyrell Ward, guys kind of have similar names a little bit. Six mm-hmm. seven uh, strong forward from uh, Maryland. He was committed to Xavier and then decommitted as uh, is coming to LSU. So yeah, both four stars. Um, Tyrell Ward, thirty-five in the country. Jalen uh, Reed, seventy-one. So kind of decent. Got these are not like Will Wade, top fifteen, five-star hype prospects. But I guess if you can find good role players to build your program up from nothing again, then you can't complain too much. Like okay, I'm not. I just don't. I don't understand the recruiting of basketball as much as like football. Like. Are there? Do you think there are more like four star? Because it feels like we always like end up with like a, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, basketball is pretty thin. Well, uh, I'm looking right now. Two four seven has 27 guys ranked as five stars. Um, yeah, and then who knows how many four stars? So, so there. like a four because like in, in football, like a four star is like that's an SEC caliber starter. Yeah, and you'll probably and, and like a, a an NFL level talent pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like basketball is a little bit more generous with the stars they give out. So yeah, 27, five-star players, about a hundred four-star players. Um, I think the difference is that like with basketball, there's less players on the court at a time. Yeah. So you like really want one of the top, top guys. Cause they can make so much more of a difference. That's true. And like, if you got a five-star, you can basically like, like win with one player. Yeah. And, and <laughs> football players can obviously make a big difference, but like having a, five-star like safety may not necessarily save your team. If well, your even if you have terrible. the best player in all of football, but that's all you have, he's only going to play half the time. Yeah. Unless he, unless you're going to make him play Iron Man ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, one other thing to note, um, uh, I think it was like three days ago, um, Adam, Adam Miller had, it said that he was looking like he's down to two schools. One was TCU. So he'd transfer out the other though was still LSU. I guess they're, they're still very much in play. Um, I don't know how you could look at either, you know, both programs. They did play this past season. TCU ended up beating us, although it was, it was a very good game. We, you know, we played at Fort Worth. 
Um, but like they had a pretty good end of the season. They ended up beating Kansas, you know, who ultimately won the title. Um, but I, I don't know. They there's that program, and then there's LSU. And you know, Matt McMahon had some good success. He can take a good a talented guy like Jay Morant and go, you know, deep into the postseason. So I think LSU has that going for them, along with who else's state. Uh, you know, LSU's had some players stay, and they've had a bunch of guys transfer in. So I, I think they have the number two transfer class for basketball. So you know, we we have that going for us. Uh, if they were able to keep Adam Miller. I think that would uh, Im- increase our prospects tremendously just right there. I mean, I know he's coming off ACL surgery, but I mean, he's, he's gotta be good right now. Right. I mean, you would think so. He was supposed to be like one of the, I mean, he was theoretically this whole season could be totally different if he plays this year. Yeah. Cause he was a starter for an Illinois team that was a number one seed in the 2021 tournament. Um, and then towards ACL missed the whole season, but yeah, that's the centerpiece that you can build around. Uh, and develop your younger players. Um, and then it would definitely, I think, shine a positive light on LSU that Matt McMahon is able to convince kind of top-level talent to stay and come to his program. And it's not the mass exodus that we were initially uh, fearing. So um, the, the tide seems to be turning a little bit. I mean, we haven't seen them play on the court, and we're probably still going to need the, the roster sheet in hand once the season comes to identify all these new players. Uh, but it's not – like the in end days that it was in mid February yeah. or early March. Well, we still haven't gotten sanctions yet. So that's kind of the looming thing that. Yeah. Well, neither, neither did uh, Bill Self or Kansas and that didn't stop them from winning a title. Well, uh, maybe they get, it gets it. Maybe they get it pulled back afterwards. But uh, I mean, it, again, you, you can't, you can't take away what those guys experienced winning the title. Same with the fans, same with the, you know, the community, the school's not going to have to return the money they, you know, they get from going that far in the tournament. So, uh, I don't know. That's why it's like a small, I'd say probably 10, 15% of me still thinks, you know, maybe else you should have just stuck with them, rode out the, rode out the whatever happens. And, but, you know, that's, that's the uh, only that's thing is good. like, I, I'm kind of, was he that good? Well, no, he, I mean, he was good to get us to contend, but like, it wasn't consistent. Like, like we talked about, it's like, he's, he's got all these players and it's like, we came out of the gates like gangbusters and then we just kind of, kind of faded away. And it feels like, I mean, I don't know, like, it feels like he's like Matt McMahon in not even year one and couple, you know, first three months, first four months is recruiting at not at the highest level but he's recruiting well. He's not, he's not picking up guys from, you know, the community college or the, you know, right. It would almost be more suspicious if he comes in and we've got like five-star all world talents immediately snapping and committing to LSU. Not like suspicious. Oh yeah. It'll be like weird. Yeah. Um, Like, like we're like, I think we're pleasantly surprised. mm -hmm. I think that like, you could have said, man, with, with the way things are going, nobody's going to want to come here. So imagine like, given three years kind of writes the ship maybe he's got something really he can sell to people yeah this is kind of tangentially related on the sanctions but did y'all see that mark Emmer is retiring next year oh he is yeah, yeah. Is, is commissioner of or is it commissioner president of the ncaa yeah yeah president, um, I think. yeah so maybe the the heat will die now <laughs> well that but of course team. you know the, the thing with mark Emmer is that him and scott woodward are buddies and so like that was the that was the whole thing of like 
oh, Scott would have been, like knows what's going to come down the pipe because him and Mark have been talking. So like that was supposed to be kind of our in with the NCAA. I don't know if that really worked or not. <laughs> uh, no, otherwise we'd have got our letter of sanctions probably already. Right. Like we'd have, that or they would have said, Hey, you know what? Actually, you're okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Or kind of like the NFL. It's like, uh, they, uh, cause what was it? Hugh, Hugh Jackson was saying, uh, the Browns were tanking games and then the NFL came out today and said, uh, eh, we couldn't really find anything to support that. So case closed, moving on. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I don't know. I think, uh, LSU's, they're going to be fine. I don't know. Kind of like Brian Kelly though. You know, he, we didn't really expect much, but he, he still did pretty well. Cause he brought our class from, I forget where we were. We were like in the twenties or thirties or something. He brought us into like the top 10. So yeah, good, good job buddies. Um, but I don't know. I think that's all we had on basketball. I think that might've been all we had altogether. Uh, unless you guys had some LSU news, um, I know somebody set a, like a world track record over at the LSU track, but it was, it was, he wasn't like an LSU student. Right. But he did post like one of the top, like, I don't know, he beat Usain Bolt's old record. Oh, wow. And, and it was just blazing speed, but, um, I don't know. I think the only other big news on, on campus this past week was Garth Brooks. Um, that I, I saw some, uh, some footage at, they packed out the stadium and the field. Oh, right? yeah. That was just crazy. Tommy, you were lucky enough to go, right? I, yeah, I was lucky enough to go. I, I've been telling everybody, people ask, like, what it was like. That was the most energy I've seen on campus in, in Tiger Stadium since the Florida game of 2019. On campus, too? Like, were they on tailgating camp- all day? People were tailgating. Yeah, you were seeing RVs all up and down the road. Like, well, they, they The RVs like- came on Friday night, like, yeah. the game, like it was a football game. Like they were parking, people tailgated all day, all the bars and like the walk-ons had a special like pregame thing. Like you could go and like eat at walk-ons and stuff. Um, did you go, did you go down Highland on Saturday? Like prior to the concert? I was trying to stay out of the traffic. Cause it was like, Oh, it was insane. I mean like going down Highland, I went to go pick up a pizza and it was cr- like, it was crazy. Um, like I said, I mean the chimes, we, you know, we went to the chimes when you were here packed the whole top uh uh what do you call it the the rooftop patio patio thing packed people walking all over campus Uh, tailgates rvs everything um and yeah i haven't seen like that was a better showing a better excitement better energy than any than than any football game in the past two years Mm. which is kind of sad when you think about it that way but that's that's the way you know I mean, it shows that the Louisiana and LSU community can still pack the stadium oh, yeah. if they're passionate about. So if, yeah, if there's some, if there's something worth like going to, to get excited yeah. about. Garth, Garth Brooks was putting good product on the field. Exactly. So, yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, there was uh, I guess for curiosity, uh, some some professor had like flipped on the uh, the seismology the the, the guy going counter whatever no the um, the seismologist department yeah had had their thing going during the concert and you could actually see where it peaked for uh Colin Baton Rouge. Yeah. So how was it when they, cause it, I, I could tell it wasn't the beginning of the show, right? It was no, like, it was probably like the, it was like right after the middle. It's like, you know, about yeah. like getting, three, them, getting three, them popped up uh, after intermission, getting them. Yeah. 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 About, about then. Um, to be honest, 
it didn't feel as loud as like it didn't feel loud like that like it wasn't like oh my ears are blowing out yeah yeah you know, um now i've heard other people say oh yeah it was totally that loud like i couldn't i was my ears were ringing after the concert but um i'm sure if you were on the floor i wasn't on the floor if you're on the floor i'm sure it was a lot louder but um i mean it was crazy it was it was awesome uh just just a just really cool to see right on yeah, I would have loved to have to have gone to that uh, just to see him in. I mean, I can't. Well, he's the absolute. He's like the, the the absolute like most. He's the, like the best performer. Like even if you don't really like his music or if you're not really a, a fan, he. I mean, he puts on a show. He does. Yeah, I I wasn't. I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm a big into country music, at least modern country music, but. I love me some Garth Brooks. Oh yeah, he's one of the few like country CDs I've I've bought for myself. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's he's a total entertainer, man. He's out there and he he seems to really connect with the audience. Like mm-hmm. he was, he seems so humble, just saying, "Hey, thanks for, you know, may, helping me be part of this this family, this LSU family, yeah. and all that." Uh, I thought it was, you know, it's really cool. The guy's humble, you know. Yeah, you could tell he's just super excited to be be there and be like performing. Um, I mean, I think I think that definitely, and from what I've heard, I, I had a friend who went to. Uh, a show, he's like not the not his past show his because he did he did Arkansas then LSU but before Arkansas he did Orlando she went to the Orlando show she said that honestly like she was like and it wasn't like I was got a little bit discouraged because she was already looking forward to the LSU one and she went to the Orlando one it wasn't as good as she thought it would be mm-hmm. um but I think that uh I think that you know he like you said he he said Thank you for for allowing us talking about like his band to be one thread in right. like in this LSU like culture, and um, I think that was special for him. It was definitely special for everybody there. Yeah, I think that happens in musicians. I mean, this is not like Garth Brooks's home concert, but he has that connection, the Colin Baton Rouge thing. And then when a musician has that, they put a little extra oomph in their their performance, and then the fans can feel that and feed off of it. So. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time. And from all accounts on social media and my friends, it seems like everybody had a great time. Oh yeah. It must be crazy as an artist to look up with your guitar and see a hundred thousand people singing your song back at you. You don't even know because of course, Garth Brooks, like you said, yeah, that's, it's crazy regardless, but he's kind of used to it at this point. Here's this poor guy. Uh, Well, I mean, not poor. His name is Mitch (laughs) Roselle. He was the opening act. Um, there's, there's actually some, some, uh, uh, conspiracy that, that the opening act was supposed to be this guy, Lane Hardy, who won American Idol. Yes. He got arrested. Well, then he got arrested. Yeah. Yikes. And so he got arrested for putting a, a like a, a, it was a recording, recording device, device, like video his girlfriend's and audio. Yeah. It was like spying on her. It was kind of creepy. Kind weird. of creepy. Yeah. So, so then I guess the, Garth had to go find some guy. <laughs> so this, this guy, poor Pete, uh, Mitch, I almost said Pete Roselle, poor Mitch Roselle walks out there, one man and a guitar, no band, no lights, no nothing, stands on the whole, this huge stage, just a little skinny guy, and he played like five, six songs, and the only thing, <laughs> the only thing he had was a QR code above his head. And after every song, he'd say, and if you could just click on this QR code, the label would really appreciate it. <laughs> He's got to make the most out of his star it was, it was, inc- I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I cannot imagine just being one guy walking out there with a guitar. 
But you know what? That's where dreams are made. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> could you imagine being in his shoes and getting the call? Getting like, the call about that. He knew about this show, and then he, he probably had probably tickets. Yeah, probably. He was probably asking Lane for tickets. They right? call. They call him, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to come with the Garth Brooks show?" He's like, Don't worry about it. I already got tickets. Like, no, no. Do you want to perform? <laughs> well, like in the parking lot? No, no, no. Uh, we lost our headliner, or we lost our opening act. Do you want to open for Garth? Dead silence. <laughs> Who is this? Are you messing with me? I know. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. Plus, I think um, Jazz Fest was going on this past weekend too, right? So yeah, probably a lot of good music in Louisiana. Oh, and then um, my family was telling me about uh, in Lafayette there is um, Festival International as oh. well, which I would have gone to if I if I had, if I was able to stay in town. Although mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I think I would have hung out for Garth just to see the you know just the people watching. I don't know. It would have been something. Um, but I did want to uh, say thank you to you guys again for uh, being such good hosts, uh, not just with the uh, the Talking Tig studio, but just in Baton Rouge in general. I, you know, I saw stuff that I I never saw, and I still think I can go see more. Like I haven't really walked around on campus except for like game day and tailgating, so I feel like there's more there to see. Uh, but we saw a lot. Thank you. I would say if. Uh, you need to go to Baton Rouge and need some recommendations, reach out to Talking Tig Social Media. <laughs> These guys know where to go. Uh, and uh, Chimes was great, too. I know there's other places we could have gone, but um, I would say I'll, we'll save those for next time. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know. Uh, seeing Brian Kelly's house was kind of cool, though. I, I got so t- turned around because we driving in circles around in lakes, I felt like. But <laughs> once you finally got to it, you're like, my goodness, this is like – the great Gatsby house is across the water. He's got this house with, oh my goodness, uh, the sunsets must be really nice there. But I, I could see why he wanted it that close to campus. It's a nice house. Looks like the little White House, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great pad to host recruits. I'll say that. Um, I don't know. Any, any final thoughts, guys, before we head out? I think that's all. Good podcast. Touched on a lot. Uh, glad to do it with y'all. Yeah. Good, good podcast. Good, good news. Good week. Yeah, yeah, good, good life, <laughs> good life, amen. Um, yeah, let's let's see if we can uh, keep that going through through this next week. Hopefully, the uh, some more good news comes out of uh, out of uh, Baton Rouge and beyond, and you know we'll see what happens. So, Phyllis, you can uh, take another series and uh, end the season on a good note with baseball. Um, so, until then, we will uh, hope that you have a good week. Stay safe. Stay tuned. And we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tapes.